0: show everybody i see things a little differently and we're back first wednesday show of the year and i know there was some people who mad and i get it there is a large portion of the audience my audience that likes the split between the wrestling and the pop culture um and last week we did the top 10 or whatever that was simply there because i just didn't want that to bleed into the first sunday with the match of the month i just don't like as you guys know combining too many shows um i think it's kind of distracting um and it's hard for transitions and extracurricular stuff so that was just the one week thing um but so no for those of you who got hot you know calm calm your nerves we're back and this week we will dive into oh i have gotten your messages for me personally i can't like i can review the episode singly when wandavision drops in two weeks um i would rather not i just don't watch tv that way i legitimately binge watch everything i very rarely watch anything live as it's going on um which is why i like the marvel shows because i could binge it and it'd be the only thing i watch those 13 episodes or whatever they were, and then I can get to it. Um, and, I, and I know that some people were, were saying the argument against that was then there'll be pretty much two weeks, excuse me, two months afterwards, and no one's going to care. I think people will still care because I, the way this seems to be lining up is the week that WandaVision ends... The following week, you have Falcon, Winter Soldier. Because if it's six weeks, because it's six episodes, if it's six weeks, you have the first two weeks in January, then you have three weeks in freaking, well, I need to look at the calendar, but usually, what, February is the shortest month of the year. I would think four weeks in February. And even if they push it one or two weeks, no matter what, it's going to bleed into march at some point and i believe the rumored date for falcon Winter Soldier is like march 11th or something like that so i'll figure it out like i said i'm just not big on watching an episode at a time i tend to miss things and that's more frustrating to me than anything is i miss it and when i binge watch everything i get it i don't know why my mind works that way it just does um but we're talking about wonder woman 1984 the only live action comic book outside of Blood spot, blood spot. I completely butchered that. Um, ooh, it's a Vin Diesel movie. I know the character intimately. I've read his comics. I'm trying. That's gonna bloodshot. Whew, that was that was tough. <laughs> um, outside bloodshot and bloodshot didn't get really a fair deal because it literally came out the a week before everything shut down in America, at least. So. That's unfortunate, but this is one. This was a blockbuster, though. So the only technically the only blockbuster comic book movie we got was in 2020, was Wonder Woman 1984, and to say it is divisive is being very very nice, boy oh boy. Um, Okay, let's get into it. So I wrote down. It just just so happens it's ten things. I just was writing things I wanted to bring up. But it just happened to be ten. I did not go for ten, but you know it just happened. And I wrote them in no specific order. Um, But I'm gonna—you're gonna hear some writing or whatever. That's me writing, crossing some stuff out. But let's start with the double opening. So it starts on the mascara, where young Diana learns a a lesson about cheating and how her time will come. Um, It's a some type of Wonder Woman race and there, and it's never specifically explained why, um, this is happening, but apparently it's to praise, you know, um, it, my mind is, my mind's here, but I, I mean, let me look this up now, I want to get the name right, um, because they used her golden armor in this movie, um, let's see I'm, gonna I'm probably going to butcher her name but that's okay uh, huh. Asteria um, I'm still saying that wrong so it was a way to to, to honor her because they believe she's dead and um, spoiler alert just in case you guys didn't know I kid I don't do spoiler alerts but Linda Carter is Asteria in the mid credit scene and she's alive and just like diana amongst men protecting them and everything like that and to me the one thing i truly believe marvel and dc does but dc does it just so much better but once again they have so much television on or had so much television on at one point it's hard to, to not give them credit for this they've always done a great job of giving kudos to the past They've never forgotten about the past and how integral they were to what we have now, you know. And anyone who didn't necessarily want to participate, like Michael Rosenbaum, and like he, look what Michael Rosenbaum said, "Hey, in crisis on different nerves." They didn't. They offered me to come back. It wasn't enough money, and there were. And I asked, "Hey, it's not enough money, but what's the creative?" And they told him the creative. He didn't like the idea. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. I. um can't blame him for not wanting to do that so the double opening to me was unnecessary and patty jenkins has said in interviews that the studio didn't like it i agree with the studio on this one as we all know though if you've listened to any of patty jenkinson's um, interviews they also the same studio that didn't like the no man's land scene which to me was the best scene in wonder woman the first one um so obviously that did you you're sometimes you're right sometimes you're wrong on this one they were right because you go essentially from which is the lesson of the movie which I think could have fit perfectly as that's just the beginning. But then you have this mall scene where Diana is still kind of being incognito or trying to be secretive about her identity. She takes off her, her, uh, her crown or whatever it's fucking called her uh, headwear, and she throws it and, It hits all three cameras. So no one can have camera footage of her. And once again, it's 1984. So it's no camera phones or anything. So that, that fits. Um, but the entire time she wants to be incognito about it. She's taking her time, like talking to little baby girls and like telling them to shh and all this other stuff. It's, it was super weird. That felt, that scene felt completely unnecessary. I, if we're going to have a fight scene, They could have chosen something much better than that. But they had to have, I guess she had to have a double opening. Here's the thing. I'm going to say this before it. Because this is not to bash it. This is just to give my thoughts on it, right? Patty Jenkins has a level of power with this franchise. So if these movies are bad, good, whatever, she gets full blame and full credit. This isn't like an NFL thing where the quarterback gets too much credit and then they get too much blame, right? It's kind of like when they say, "Hey, Tom Brady's facing Drew Brees." Technically, like, their teams are facing off, but they don't actually—they're never on the same field at the same time. You get what I'm saying? It's more like, "Hey, this great defensive back and Donald Aaron, uh, Donald, Aaron Donald, who plays for the Rams, is—it's it's more like that." You know what I'm saying? This is all her. And the first movie to me had charm had um even though it wasn't for me i still I, I i went into watching this movie and by the way the only reason i ever watched this movie because i went into this last year before the pandemic hit not interested in this movie i know i know these movies are not for my demographic they're just not for me Paige jenkins said just off oh, for listening to her interviews alone i'm happy for her success and i do feel like she got the a raw raw deal in Thor the Dark World, but at the same time, she wasn't gonna get that same power in Thor because of how connected the DCEU, the MCU is. And she got the power she wanted here where there's really no DCEU connection. We'll get to that later. Um, but this is all her. And this is a bad movie. Um, do I think there's parts in it that are good? Sure. I definitely believe Kristen Wiig is a good Barbara Minerva. Uh, and, um... I know some people said, well, Kristen Wiig was just doing Kristen Wiig things. Well, in the in, in the comics, like, she played that role perfectly, where she's quirky, she's lonely, then she turns into this confident, angry cheetah. Um, so I don't have a problem with that, personally. Um, I think she did a great job. I think Maxwell Lord was played well um, by Pedro Pascal, Um but, I'm, but let's get back to the opening for one quick second. To me, if you would have had... And the problem with... I said this I said this in an article I wrote on CelebMagazine.com. The problem with Wonder Woman and Thor is that the places they come from are so myth- mythical and magical and so beautiful. And now with all the CGI and set pieces you have, to me, it's such a downgrade going from that to Earth. <laughs> it really is. And it's going to take a dip no matter what, right? I don't think we need to see the mascara on this. Because to me, excuse me, I don't think we need to see it. But if we're going to do one open or the other, I would prefer the the one that set up the whole concept and whole meaning of the movie is just because you want it doesn't mean you deserve it. It's a difference, you know, and she wanted that one so bad that she was cheating to get it, and that was a lesson. Same way she wanted, you know, Steve Trevor back so so well, so much that you know she did. She went to, and she did something that she didn't know she was doing at the time. But at the same time, she wasn't moving on with her life. It had been decades since his death, and she wasn't moving on. And she was living lonely, and that's just not the way she should have been. So just because she wanted to do that doesn't mean she needed to do that. It's more about wants and needs and stuff and what you want compared to what you actually need to do. Um, the double opening was... And more so, like I said, we didn't need to see the mascara. I think it's always good to see the mascara or uh, you know Asgard or whatever. But to me, I would have chosen that scene. I would have cut that, that second opening scene. And that right there... Because the movie was 2 hours and 30 minutes. This movie did not need to be 2 hours and 30 minutes. It really did not. It could. This movie could have been an hour and 45 minutes. hour and, Or even 2 hours. But you cut that scene out... Dude, that's that's another 10 minutes right there that's not needed. Um. So yeah, we touched on the double opening. To me, that that first scene was a good scene. It just was muddled by the... And I remember the first time I watched it. And I tried watching it again. I just can't watch it. I, I'm just not into it. To me, DC makes very subpar movies. Um I can watch Batman versus Superman again. Cause to me, when you heard all the explanations from Zack Snyder and all those other things, for as dark as it is and I by the way, I never complain about it being dark. It just it's rushed and, and it just whatever. Um I can watch that movie over again. I can watch Man Steel over again. But D C just makes subpar movies. I think it's time people say that. You know, it's our i have not been able to watch aquaman again and aquaman is not a bad movie it's far from it it's just there's something about the dc movies that just don't hit hit it it for me um i'm hoping that changes with flashpoint i'm really looking forward to flashpoint um i said this on the show with jonathan esther i'm not looking forward to black adam i'll be happy that black adam will finally get the shine that that he deserves as a character um but i'm not looking forward to it I, i really think rock is better as a heel and I don't, a bad guy, I don't think he's ever played a bad guy in any of his films. I, that's obviously tr- strategic. It's obviously, he's a businessman now. He's been making money and doing movies like The Two Fairy and always branching himself out with Jumanji. I get it. It's just not for me. So I'm not looking forward to it. Um, but that, that's down the road. Um, the Dreamstone, let's touch on that for a second. The Dreamstone is... So many questions about this thing, and none really answered. So Kristen Wig is the only one that actually holds outside maxwell lore Um, she's the only one that holds the dreamstone and makes the first wish to be like Diana. Otherwise, Diana just simply makes the wish in her head. You never actually hear her ask for it. But it's like does that sound it's like ding, you know, whatever. And that's her wish, right? So it comes true. Max Lord holds it, and that's when he says, "Hey, I want to be the Dreamstone." You know. Um, now the point of the Dreamstone, for those of you who don't know, you get one wish, and once you make that wish, it essentially takes something from you. You know. Like, uh, the guy, it was one of the scientists, a random scientist who, who, like when he hears the name Dreamstone, he touches it and says, Ooh, I wish for coffee right now. He's being sarcastic. Then two seconds later, a guy comes in with coffee. Now what you don't, I don't know if, how many people picked up on this. I see that Eric Voss from new rock stars picked up on it, but I picked up on it immediately when it happened, when he took his first sip of that coffee, he was like, "Oh, hot, hot, hot. So he got burned for the wish. You know what I'm saying? So it shows the blowback immediately. You know, and in this movie, um, Barbara, you see how hum- humane she is, how she has a, a friend that's a homeless and she took, gives him food. He knows her name, all this other stuff and shows conversation with him. to me that those scenes, those are important scenes and those are good scenes because I could relate to that scene. And I, t- I tell a story now all the time, but whenever stuff like this comes up, I remember one time I was I was living in Atlanta. I was at this mall called Sugar Loaf, Sugar Loaf Mills. And there was this Jenner there, a black guy, Jenner. And he was, like, super smiling. Like, he's cleaning up trash, but he's, like, smiling. This dude is, like, if any of you guys remember the Six Flags character that was, like, dancing. He was, like, dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum. This kid, this guy just dancing away, right? After naming the specials for the summer. This this guy was just super nice. Na- I remember like, I was sitting there eating. I have no clue I was at this freaking mall. I don't remember. I remember just, like, looking at him. He's saying hi to everybody else, other stuff. And these people are just, like, walking past him being rude as shit. And I was like, oh, well, that's kind of an asshole move. Anyways, I'm... Then I start playing with my phone or whatever. I do something on my phone. But then I remember, like, maybe like an hour later, I get up finally. And I must have been working in that area or something. But I remember I got up, said, all right, time to go back and do whatever I was doing. So I go, I go throw the trash away. And this guy now, this black guy, is now like, he's just not smiling. And I don't, I don't even remember an hour ago that I saw that. But I remember I just put my trash in there and just see he just not smiles it and something in my mind triggered me and said huh why isn't he smiling like why, why, I mean, why do i care but then i said hey man you good he was like hey he perked up and he started smiling I was like yeah man I'm great how about you i was like i'm good i was like dude you, you're super happy for somebody taking the trash out I wish I, I, you're better than me he was like man i got two felonies i'm start i've started over i changed my life I'm just happy to be, have a job and be able to be in public, man. Like the stuff I've done, like blah blah blah. He like he went into like this five-minute you know, rant about his life, and I was like, oh, all right, that's cool. Then he and he, <laughs> he, really, he called me He's like, oh man, it must be scary. I said, nah, dude, I'm good. I just I saw you, you saw you see him down, man. You have a great one, man. But blah, blah blah blah. He's like, oh, you too. And to me, those things mean we never know the kind of place mentally someone's in. And I'm not saying I should I deserve a gold medal for it. No, because I completely forgot about the guy until so I put the pieces together later on that night. The point of that story is a lot of times we don't we don't realize how humane we actually are because we we're so used to just doing things. Like she could have easily been a stereotypical white person scared of a black homeless black guy, just under sheets, it, you know, reading a book. But that's not how she was. You know what I'm saying? and it's 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 the opposite that shows her it shows her humanity. So when she makes that wish, she may she doesn't realize she's gaining the looks and the attention that Diana gets, she's also gaining her inner her, her strength, her amazonian powers. Um but she in return lost her humanity. Maxwell Lord when he decided to become the Dreamstone, he's losing his health. So he as the movie goes on, he's now taking wishes only to say hey i'll take this part of your health from you and blah 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 so essentially he's killing people after this essentially this is these are important now right because i'm gonna mix this into my fourth thing i want to talk about how this is to me was more about humanizing both villains to me cheetah is a lot more easy not more a lot easier to humanize than maxwell lore maxwell lore is overall a terrible human being and when they when they introduced his kid i remember being intrigued by that part i said why are they introducing this guy's kid like why there's a reason for that i said all right I'll, i need to pay attention And I was going like, so this, this isn't a complicated like pulp fiction movie but I, and when you go to school for writing and film and all sorts other crap these are things they teach you like hey if a kid's in this scene. He, like, these are like the, like the Hitchcock rules or whatever, you know, or the Edgar Allan Poe rules or whatever. It's like, hey, when this is like, um, if you see a, a gun in scene one, it will be used by the end of the film. These are just the things that the rules, you know what I'm saying? Sneak peek for those of you who don't rec- recognize it. You will. So I just know it's the kid, right? And this film spent a good portion of the time humanizing these characters. To me, Barbara should have been humanized. I they tried with Maxwell, it did not hit the mark for me, because I know from the comic books, and even if you take liberties, which they tried to, and I think that's where, you no, know, and I know that's where the kid got inserted into. There's just nothing redeeming, and even with the kid, when you get my opinion later on about something, I f- I know it makes more sense than to try to humanize Maxwell Lore. but this this film to me is more about humanizing those two. And you can, and also Wonder Woman to a degree where Wonder Woman, the one thing she needs is connection and she doesn't feel that connection, but she felt that connection with Steve Trevor because of what they went through and all this other stuff. I get that. I really do. Um, this is not something they can lean on in three because Wonder Woman three has already been announced as being fast tracked. They're very happy with the numbers. Um, so that's, that's cool. Well, anyways, um, to me, I just don't think they could do it. But back to the Dreamstone for a quick second. Once Maxwell Lord becomes a Dreamstone, essentially the same rules are in place. You're thinking because it's still only one wish. Now later on, Barbara gets two. I they they never explain how she how she can get two. You know, I, I don't know. They never explain it though. Um. Anyways, let's go to uh, a criticism. The Invisible Jet. I get they wanted to play. In fact, no, let's go before that. So Steve Trevor is resurrected, but he's in the body of another person. And it reminded me of Big. For those of you who have not seen Big, it's a really old movie. I've only seen it once. It's where a kid dreams he's older. And it's a kid. And Tom Hanks ends up becoming this grown adult that's still in a kid's mindset. And so he ends up making out with this woman who's actually a grown adult, not mythical or anything. And by the end of the movie, he turns back to a kid and he runs in the house. I don't think you could take that trope 30 years later and it still works. Because essentially, Gal Gadol, Wonder Woman, is the only person that can see Steve Trevor in this guy's face and body. Otherwise, it's the same guy. She's the only one that can see Steve Trevor, though. And the guy is completely, he has no control of his body or anything. They're having sex. They're in this guy's house. Like, seems like a. I get it. Gal Gadot. How many guys would turn her down if she said, "Hey, let's get in the bed"? Not many. the The point is, though, it's a little disturbing, and there was some outla out, out, out backlash. Excuse me. I'm not gonna go as far as to say it offended me. It didn't offend me. You definitely can't do that with a woman character though and get away with it. Um, it's definitely strange. Um, also another thing that is strange is how Steve Trevor, who has not been alive since the first world war or whatever, he, whenever he was, all of a sudden he could fly a jet now that's a 1984 jet and he's not really intimidated by it, but he was, he didn't know he was intimidated by a train or not intimidated, but he, he didn't know what a train was or a fanny pack was It's that, how can he, how can he just get that? Did this guy, did he have the same memories as this guy? Was this guy a fighter pilot? Is that why the Dreamstone chose this guy? These things are never explained. And for it to be a two and a half hour movie, they should have been explained. Now, they may very well have a bunch of cutting scenes, uh, cut room scenes. From what I've read from more of Patty Jenkins' interviews, though, I did a lot of research before I decided to record this episode. She says there's only one scene that was cut. I don't think everything we want answers to is in that one scene. But, like, to me, that just doesn't make sense. Now we can get to the invisible jet thing. And she explains, Diana explains to Steve Trevor how she's only tried it once and she did it with a co- co- coffee cup and how the coffee cup uh, ended up dropping and blah, blah, blah. So she kind of just, like, puts her hands together and, like, does this myth- mythical Dr. Strange thing and the, the, the jet becomes invisible. And um, it was a really bad scene. I know they were trying to fit the, the jet in there. I know they were, because if you actually even notice, her outfit was uh, really a, a ode or uh respect to Linda's car's um, outfit. Actually, I think it's the same outfit in, in her series. Um, I get it. it. It was so unnecessary though, um, but it just wasn't, it wasn't good. Um, we already talked about that. Um, it, it's, it was really weird. Anyways, let's get to the, let's get to the fight scenes. Um, so here to me, the movie got weirder with this, the fight scenes weren't really like there was a road scene where they're chasing Maxwell Lord. And that's when Diana realized that in, for her, in, her wish was granted. She starts to lose her power completely understand that it's taking something from her um that was probably the best fight scene in the movie or chase scene or whatever the rest of the fight scenes were not good like for TV the white house her and barbara have their first face off because now barbara's in the same room with um diana steve trevor and this monk or whatever you want to call him and he's telling them about the Dreamstone and how it needs to be destroyed and this and that third. And Barbara's like, I don't want to go back to my old life. So now she gets in the way and they have this fight in the White House where it's only like seven security guards. It's the freaking White House. You're telling me there's only seven security guards in the White House? Uh, no. That was one. That was really weird. And two, um, it showed her strength even though D- diana was in a weakened state it did show how strong barbara had gotten because usually when she clacks her bracelets together wonder woman um something that you knows a flash that sends that character back or whatever they even sent um doomsday back no she spun right through it now once again it's a weakened diana so i understand this fight wasn't gonna be it wasn't fair you know um i guess that's technically the best fight one-on-one fight she has um but it was really weird how then she wraps mm-hmm. all right let's then get to the fight with cheetah because on the flight to this island where they have these satellites where um maxillor can then grant everyone a wish because um, now he wants to get all the health in the world he pretty much wants to become immortal essentially um on the plane there he says I'm feeling generous. What, what do you wish you can do? And that's where Barbara says I want to become an apex predator. Well, essentially, she wants to become cheetah, and she becomes cheetah. Here's the issue that I have with it: the entire thing. One, how would she get a second wish? How was he able to do that? Did the the more wishes he grant, the more powerful he got? Is that how the Dreamstone works? Once again, these are questions about the Dreamstone. We have no clue. Up, uh, we have no clue about. You know um so wonder woman then has the, the the golden armor and for those of you guys who don't know the golden armor was first and i'm glad to be wrong on this so if someone knows better than me let me know but i believe the first time the golden armor was ever introduced was in alex ross's kingdom come i believe he introduced the uh golden armor this alex ross's impact on the television and movie industry for dc is by far um i guess george perez and it would be the closest um to that um but alex ross's fingerprints are all over uh, dc um but um she ends up flying um after she renounced her wish and she gives up steve trevor she ends up renouncing her wish and um Gets her powers back and she gets the golden armor. She's fighting off these guys. She's usually she's using the wings for blocking. Um, then Cheetah comes in and the only thing she's really doing is blocking. This is like a short, like three, four minute fight. It's not even a fight. Most of the fight, literally, uh one room is covering up and she finally takes off the wings and she ends up electrocuting Cheetah in the water, which takes her out, essentially. Right this fight was longer than it felt like 10 minutes i could be wrong i know someone's gonna correct me but this fight was not longer than her spiel about the truth because eventually she uses the lasso of truth the lasso um to talk to the public through maxwell lord and maxwell lord the entire time saying who are you talking to i'm not renouncing my wish she says i'm talking to everyone else i don't need you to talk and because she has the lasso truth. Now, this was set up earlier in the film when she's talking to Steve Trevor and he's like, Well, why do you want me to put that on? I didn't lie. So, like, no, no, it's it's deeper than that. So she starts trying to explain the lasso to him, and it's used later on. Once again, those things that they put in your mind for later on. So, um in, in her truth spill, I'm doing air quotes there. You can't see me doing air quotes. Um she ends up revealing to Maxwell lord his kid and his, how his kid is going to get caught up in the blast radius well mind you by this time the president has wished to send nuclear weapons to his enemies and how he had uh an immense amount of them uh the enemies have said hey we want to send nuclear weapons back so now we're they're pretty much the nukes are in the air and we're essentially at world war three right um and so, all this is going on. She's speaking the truth. But once she reveals to Maxwell Lord that, hey, your kid's in danger, he then renounces his wish and runs. Um, and so, that essentially stops the nuclear warheads and all this other stuff. It it stops a lot of dreams. And once again, it renounce every dream. Or, yeah, every wish. I don't know. It's never explained. You do see at the end of the movie, uh, Cheetah's no more borrows back to her human form. But does she still have the same strength? We don't know. Um, Maxwell Lord then is re- not reunited with his um, son. And he's hugging him. And he's telling him the truth about him. And he's sensing, all I ever want to do is spend time with you, dad. And he's saying, well, I'm, I'm a bad person, blah, 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 this and the third. And and we're supposed to have this heartwarming moment with this character who's been humanized to his kid. I'm not going to lie to you. My first thing was, who gives a shit about him and this fucking kid? This dude essentially just killed people. What he did was say, hey, tell me what your dream is. My dream is to have a million dollars. All right, I'll take your lungs, I'll take your kidneys, and I'll take your tongue. Exaggerating. But essentially, he's killing people. He's he's manipulated and he's killed people. He's not a good guy. Him reuniting with his son and his son not getting nuked, I can care a fuck less about. Because his son got caught up in the nukes. That's his fault. Because he manipulated the whole thing. So, the humanizing part on Maxwell Lord, I didn't understand. Now, also, here's the thing. It's clear she didn't want to kill him off either. Now, in the comics, uh, you guys wouldn't notice if you don't read the comics, eventually Maxwell Lord d- does not have powers. He eventually, he gets mind-reading powers. Not mind-reading, um, mind-controlling powers, excuse me. And he does end up, in one particular storyline, um, taking over Superman. And Superman's fighting the Justice League and all this other stuff, and... Uh, while all this is happening, Wonder Woman goes up to, she, she she lassos Maxwell Lord and says, hey, how do I stop him? How do I stop Superman? I don't want to hurt him. I don't want to kill him. How do I stop him? And Maxwell Lord tells her, and it's the lasso little truth. So he has to tell the truth. He tells her the only way to stop him is to kill me. So she obliges and she breaks his neck. Um, So she obviously didn't want to do that. It's clear she wanted to keep both these villains for later on down the road. For what? I don't know. Um but no, a lot of this movie didn't make sense. A lot of this you know what a lot of this felt like? So you have Hero season one. That's Wonder Woman, the first one, right? And then all of a sudden you have two more seasons of confusing as fuck commentary from a show that just keeps at making you ask questions and never reveals any answers. That's what this that's what that's what that's what Wonder Woman 84 felt like was season two and three of heroes just asking you're asking all these questions and you would think it's a simple answer but it's like oh you okay and then like i said the whole thing with him reuniting with reuniting with his son i was like i remember i sat there and i re- re- rewinded that scene uh let's see if i'm not exaggerating five times and i remember i kept kept hearing this happy like for the united music and i was like oh they really wanted me to care about this shit oh, okay now why and that's when i started watching interviews with her and her humanizing the characters and i was like that's cool yeah there's nothing humanizing nothing forgivable about this character the same thing i say about to people who about bucky barnes who they say well why did sam wilson get the shield in mcu why wouldn't he he's a black cap he's a black steve rogers he is in the mcu there's nothing redeemable about bucky's character he's done some really bad shit As of right now, they have... Now, Falcon and Warrior Soldier, I'm sure they're going to uh, change that. But as of right now, even if Bucky understands that's why Steve's giving him the shield, that's all that needs to be said. Um, But yeah, overall, this was a bad movie. Um, and, And I have two thoughts on this. So I was asked before, hey, if you're just a fan of movies and you're watching a movie, it's a pandemic, blah, blah, blah. What would you rank it? I would rank it a 6 out uh, of 10. Sorry if you guys keep in the door. Um, I'll rank it a 6 out of 10, right? Because to me, it was just too long for no... It made no sense. Like, Avengers movies made sense being that long. This made no sense being this long, right? So I'll give it 6 out of 10 if I'm just a casual viewer, right? But as a fan of the comic books, as a fan of this character the first movie i at least could give like a 7 out of 10 or no no, no I'll, I'll at least give it 8 out of 10 so as a comic book fan i'll give it an 8 out of 10 this one i had to give a 2 out of 10 i think it's a truly bad movie the editing something was off about this i you know i think it was this it feels like me making excuses for them but i'm trying to try and be as uh I'm trying to not let my emotion as a comic book fan take over completely, you know. Um, I think this movie had, was a victim of... All right, we have it done. Now it's too much time in between when we're dropping it. Let's change some things up for no reason. And I think Paging has changed too many things up. To me, I can truly believe that... black. We, I think we know black, Widow, black Widow's done and The Eternals is done, right? I don't think those movies are being touched. I think they're just being prepared to be sent out and boom. This is what you're getting. I think this movie had too much time and it overthought a lot of this. But it's definitely a two out of ten. It's not a good movie. It's too many questions left on the table. Things that I don't even know if it would even, even make sense. Cause now, just goes to my last point. Patty Jenkins has, as I said earlier, has had this has been her franchise. So, if it's not a successful franchise, if it's not a classic franchise, and with this movie, it will not be a classic franchise. It's on her. She has to eat that. Bottom line. Um, And I know she's written these movies with Jeff Johns. He's a great comic book writer. I don't know if this rolls for him. Just my opinion. Um, But the next movie, and I know this is something that she's been fighting the the studio against, but one, it has no choice but to be in modern day. There's no more period pieces here. You have to put this in modern day. One. Two, it has, to, now, it has to, now it has to connect to the DCEU. I know she has been steadily fighting against that. Now stubbornness time is over. Not saying you need to see a bunch of cameos. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying you can't go into this third movie and not have a mention of Batman not having mentioned a superman flash now you're in modern times with other heroes and you've already because of you no know, zach snyder's or, or because the bvs which i believe they already said they're connected though at least those two movies are um you she knows them what so And like i said i'm gonna i i really am interested to see what she writes for this third one her and jeff johns um, because I just don't think that if she can avoid the DCEU again and things gonna make sense, it's not. It's just not. Modern day with these new heroes, the golden age of heroes, whatever you want to call it, she has no choice but to bring this up. And I know she's been avoiding it. And you can still have a side Wonder Woman story. But I, I don't know what she's gonna do. But this overall was a bad movie. The humanizing of the, the, the villains was cool. Until he tried to give me the care that this guy confessed everything to his kid. Yeah, I don't give a crap. Um, I do hope to see Cheetah again. Cheetah is probably Wonder Woman's greatest villain. Um, and I can't wait to see what a, a, whole, a enti- an entire movie of Kristen Wiig being evil would do. Um, but uh, anyways, that is your Wonder Woman 1984 review. Tell me what you guys think about it. As I said, as a casual movie goer, I will give it a six out of ten. But as a comic book fan, it has, to be, it has to have a two out of ten. These things, some of these questions need to be answered, and to me, some of them didn't need to. Some some of them didn't need to not be answered for no reason. So that is a show for this week. Hope you guys enjoyed. Um, and like I said, just let me know your thoughts. E- email me at remuent.gmail.com or hit me up on Instagram. Live, you guys hit me up on Instagram um i love to know your thoughts as well so that is a show i will see you guys next monday